This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us, and I'm here, Jimmy Scroggins, with Leslie Bennett. We are high atop the office complex in downtown West Palm Beach overlooking the Intercoastal Waterway. Actually, we're in the third floor of my, in the corner of my office with some microphones, but <laughs> we are going to be talking about reopening today, something on the mind of a lot of pastors in churches, and with us today via Zoom, we have our friends, Pastor John and Pastor Ed from Fellowship Church in Dallas, Texas, and a lot of other places. They have two locations in Florida and some others, and they'll tell you about that. But Pastor John, Pastor Ed, welcome to Church for the Rest of Us. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Jimmy and Leslie. It's a pleasure and an honor to be with you guys. Yeah, and John, you're the one who arranged this conversation. John, you are the president of an organization called C3 Global, an organization of hundreds of churches that are networked to make a difference for Jesus around the world. John, just tell our listeners a little bit about your role and how we got to be friends and how this connection has developed. Yeah, well, you know, C3 Global was started by Pastor Ed and Lisa Young back in 2010. All the way back to 97, they started C3 Conference because they have such a heart, passion for pastors and their families to encourage them to share what God's doing in fellowship and pass that information along. And the conference just exploded. And then throughout the year, there were questions coming in. How do you guys do this? And could you share this with me? So Pastor Ed and Lisa thought, why not start a network? So in 2010, C3 Global launched, and our desire is to equip and encourage pastors in every any way possible, along with their families. So as you said, we've got churches in North America, Central America, South America, Africa, Europe. It's amazing what God's doing, and we're thrilled to get to be part of what God's doing here today in this conversation. It's very exciting. And before you did that, though, you were a pastor of a great church in Florida, and that's how you and I got to be friends. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking earlier this morning, and as we were talking earlier, I remember the first time we connected. God put me in Northport, Florida back in 1990 and allowed me to serve there for a number of years before coming to Fellowship Church. And yeah, I kept hearing about Jimmy Scroggins, our mutual friends, and had the joy of connecting with you and obviously pastoring there in the same state. And we're celebrating all the great things that God's doing there at the Family Church. Yeah. And so John, still great. And then Ed, you and Lisa planted Fellowship Church in 1990. You grew up as a pastor's kid, right? Yes, sir. And then you decided to go into the biz. I mean, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I know it. You know, like you, I have an athletic background. And I think due to being around so many people that didn't know the Lord, being in the church world, knowing the Lord, but also rubbing shoulders with people who are outside the family of God, God just used that to birth within us Fellowship Church, which we kicked off in 1990. We drove up to Dallas with one car, one kid, one dog, a rent house, and a little office complex. And that's what happened. So we had no idea it would look or smell or turn into what it's turned into. And Ed, you guys have more than just one campus. Now tell us about where Fellowship Church is located. We We have campuses around the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We have one in Norman, Oklahoma. 
one in, of course, Miami, one in Northport, and we have several campuses in prisons. Wow. Okay. We have as many campuses as you guys do. <laughs> well, two different strategies for sure. You guys go big. Hey, so Leslie, we're talking about these guys. We've been having our conversation at Family Church about reopening and when that could be. And we're thinking probably a little bit further down the road. But these guys got to open on Sunday. I know. Very interesting. I got to watch what you put out on C3 Network. And so we just wanted to have this conversation because as everybody's thinking about reopening, how are we going to do it? Uh You have actually done it. So we just wanted to engage with you as we think through it. And as we know, many churches are thinking through what they're going to do here, how you decided, let's go ahead and move forward. How are we going to do this? Yeah. So how'd you decide to actually do this? And and I watched the webinar, so I kind of know this story, but I'd like our listeners to hear it because to me, you decided early. Right when the quarantine happened, we were like, okay, when we just get a hint, I mean, when the veil is barely cracked open, we're going to go for it. We're going to open because, I don't know, it's just the physicality of worship and the statement that we just really felt we needed to make before God and our team and everyone. We were just into it. I mean, we tried to keep the entrepreneurial thing alive at Fellowship. I love systems and systems are great, but we try to make, and I think still hopefully prayerfully, we can make pretty fast decisions. That's why I think that the smaller church is so effective. It's so amazing because smaller churches have that advantage where they can make quicker choices. And when they see something, boom, they can jump on it. But sometimes the bigger churches are like, oh. (laughs) That's exactly right. You know what I love about what he's saying? He's got clarity and he's focusing on agility, even with a huge church. I mean, clarity and agility are massive leadership advantages. And John, you live with that every day. We decided early on, and then we just started putting a plan in place. We got together three or four, five really strategic thinkers, and we set forth a plan. And then when we had that opportunity, we were there. I was surprised just in Texas, quite frankly, that more churches did not jump on it. I mean, I understand everybody has that opportunity and option or everything. I'm not throwing any shade on anybody, but I was just like, man, we're like one of the few that are actually stepping out there. And I'm so glad we did, Leslie and Jimmy, because our church loved it. I mean, the people, and we only have probably 35% of our normal attendees physically, but our church just loved it. And it was an emotional time, just a great thing, a yay God thing, you know, it was a moment. So I'm glad and I really believe we'll be able to use that to build. So basically, zooming out, we added more services and we afforded people the opportunity to have that social distancing. And thankfully, we have several larger facilities, some that are smaller, but it just afforded us the opportunity to do that. We gave people a chance to make reservations. We really disinfected the church. Of course, we didn't have any child care. Our parking crew, man, they were just scoring touchdowns. I mean, (laughs) we had people greeting that were in their 80s. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yes. So anyway, those are just some of the things that we did. And again, I'm just thrilled that we did it. I don't know what Dr. Cross would say. Dr. Cross was in on the planning and a lot of the details even more. And he's a lot better than I am at these things. So he could probably speak. JC, what say you? No, I just echo everything Pastor Ed just said. It was amazing. It was truly like a homecoming. The emotion, Mm. there were people in tears Mm, because they could 
worship again in person. And they needed that connectivity. And one thing Pastor Ed mentioned this past week in his message as he kicked off this new series was church is a noun, but it's also a verb. And yeah, we are being the church just like you all are. And I know all who are listening during the pandemic and even though we can't gather corporately, but there's still something about getting together and the action and activity that takes place when God's people gather to worship him. I know for me, it was very emotional. It was incredible. Well, a couple of things that you guys emphasized, I believe, and correct me if I'm mistaken here, is safe, spacious, and sanitized. And you alliterated. Spectacular. I love it. Yeah, I, 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 I think I can sense Cross's influence. Spectacular. Yeah, yeah. You can already see Dr. John Cross's influence. Yeah, he's weighing in strong right there. Oh yes, sir. And you guys created a contact-free experience, and everyone wore masks. But one of the, my favorite things from watching what you guys did is from the time they drove onto the property, your clarity of what you were communicating and over communicating from the time they drove on. Here's who shouldn't be here. Here's who should be here. Here's what we're doing. Here's not what we're doing. Here's where you walk. There should not have been one moment of indecision or confusion in anyone's mind. I love that. And I'm sure you try to do that every Sunday, but it looked like you might've put a a little extra mustard on it for this one. We did. And you know, that extra mustard, I like that phrase, Jimmy, that extra mustard matters because when you use extra mustard, you realize, wow, this mustard tastes good. (laughs) (laughs) And so that extra mustard can carry you when it gets back to, hate to say this, normal, you know, really the new normal. And some of the things that we've learned already, we're going to take and build on that when we come back to the new normal. So usually, as we know how God works during tough times, that's when we learn the most about God, about ourselves, et cetera. And I really believe the church is that way as well. We're learning. We're fellow strugglers like everyone. And we've learned some great stuff through this. Hey, Ed, I'm curious about your experience as the pastor, because a lot of people listening are pastors. So yep. you're walking in that morning. Did you preach in a mask? No, you know what I did? I just did this. I began a series that we started promoting called The New Normal. It's based off the children of Israel. Right. And basically, normal was slavery. The abnormal was the wilderness. And the new normal, of course, the promised land. We had promoted that a lot on social media and everything. And so I just decided when I walked up to have the mask on, we did provide face coverings for people if they didn't have them. And I welcomed people in the mask. Then I took it off and I joked around. I used it as a pocket square. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) And that's what I did. But almost everyone, I think, had a face covering. It was strange because you don't realize how much we communicate Mm. from Mm. here down, just in our faces right right there. And I'm kind of a frustrated artist and I look at faces and like to paint and everything like that. So you had to bring a lot of energy. You had to bring maybe a little bit more energy. We trained our volunteers, which we should do regularly. You're talking about putting more mustard on energy. We did that. So that's something I think that churches should do anyway that I've learned. The hard way I've learned by making mistakes is that we should have people that are designated to lead out in being more demonstrative. And I'm not talking about 
taking laps or doing somersaults or swinging off the chandeliers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You know, more engaging. Yeah. <laughs> so you're up there preaching. You take off your mask. You're looking yeah. at people. You're just looking at their eyes because you can't tell if they're smiling, if they're frowning, if they're drooling, whatever they're doing. And you're watching this. You're used to preaching to a packed house. You're preaching yes. to a third of the normal crowd that you had preached to. They're spaced out. Yes. I mean, how did it feel emotionally to you to be it doing felt that? Like you had to bring more energy as a communicator. And I, I tried so hard to engage them. And I was really working hard. Let me say this. You can feel the fear mm. that mm. people have. And I know you've seen this, but even when they come to church, there's great apprehension. You can just feel it. Something else that's awesome, we had numerous, I don't mean record numbers, but we had numerous first-time guests, which really I'm like, what? Like, like, the- yeah, this is when you want to visit? Now is yeah. when you want to show up? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so I don't know, Dr. Cross, what did you feel about it? I mean, those are some things from a communicator that I would say I attempted to blend our online audience, Facebook, et cetera, with the physical. So I am trying to do a better job of this, looking to the camera at the right time and say, hey, join me on this chat. I know you can't say amen, but give me a heart or a muscle, whatever, (laughs) the muscle emoji, whatever. I really believe brevity is where it's at. My opinion. So, how long were you shooting for for the message part? What was the goal? (laughs) Yeah, the goal was 25. Okay. And for me, once I go over 30 minutes, I'm like, oh, boring, or just get to repeat myself or whatever. This is me. I tend to like messages 25 to 27. You get in, you get out, boom, boom. And then you're done. But I know some, of course, speak 40 sure. minutes. So are you preaching the normal length that you would always preach? Or are you really trying to emphasize yeah, I'm that? To save a little bit off of it. A little bit. Yeah, it's hard. Yes, it is very difficult for me. And so we did that. Here's something else that I like, Leslie and Jimmy, of course, as well. The giving piece. Our giving has been down during this time. Not horribly, not like. Oh, but it's been down. <laughs> so it has encouraged us to put even more mustard. I love that. I <laughs> Bring me the pasta mustard. There you but go. It has allowed us to put more mustard on the reoccurring online giving, which I believe will catapult us into a stronger and more consistent offering when everything goes back to the new normal. So. Yeah, I love that. I love that all this, like you said, we learn new lessons and hard times. And I do feel like for all of us, we're seeing things that we can yes. do better. We can keep doing the coronavirus. It's a challenge. It's a terrible thing. But yet God uses it for good in our lives to advance the gospel in new ways. And I'm curious about how you felt like people responded. Did you have any pushback on your opening? Did you have any trouble with people following the guidelines that you had laid out? Or did everybody have like a good spirit about it as they came back? Everybody, I mean, they loved it. The texts, emails that we've received have been unbelievable. Unbelievable. So I would encourage anyone, even if you're like apprehensive, I don't know, Man, we were apprehensive. I've only been about 51% on any decision I've ever made, maybe 51. (laughs) So seriously, we all had some apprehension. There was some trepidation, but we went for it. So I would tell people, man, go for it. And we can help them 
in any way. We'll give you everything we've done. And I feel good about it. You know, I think our announcements went way the heck too long. That was something I would change. It got a little boring. That's us every week. Every week. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's not just. You know, we just try to hit now. Our announcements really do well when we hit two things. Past yeah. that, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Cross, what would you say? I'm I'm dominating the conversation. What do you say, Dr. Cross? (laughs) I agree, obviously. It'll be alliterated, Jimmy. I can't wait to hear it. First of all, there was excitement (laughs) as people were pulling in. Secondly, my dear friend, there was engagement. Ah, yes. Come on. (laughs) And then once they walked in the worship center, there was enthusiasm. Good. As they heard the word of God, there was encouragement. (laughs) And finally, my dear friend, evangelism took place as people came to faith in Christ. But no, I mean, seriously, it was just exciting. I mean, I'd love to be in their staff meeting, wouldn't you? That one one thing Pastor Ed led us to do as well, Jimmy and Leslie, was we tightened the service. We only had like two songs. Did you tell everybody to sing? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They participated. I mean. I can hear it like this. <laughs> That's what I was kind of thinking. Yeah, I was thinking it was going to be something like that. Uh, people were lifting their hands in worship. Yeah. Okay. You could see the emotion. It was truly a powerful moment. Every experience, all weekend, Saturday night, both Sunday morning. Now, did people bring their kids or were these mostly people or empty nesters? Like who shows up for this with no kids ministry? Well, we had all ages and stages. One of the adjustments we're making for this weekend is that we're promoting that we're providing crayons as well as coloring book type materials while the parents are in big church because they all do come. And we promoted last week, we're even trying to promote it heavier this week, that our Fellowship Church Kids online worship experience, which is obviously age appropriate can be experienced by the kids while their parents are in big church by encouraging parents to bring the tablet, bring some earphones or their iPhone, whatever, put the earplugs in That's a good so idea. the child can learn while the parents are learning as well. But yeah, I mean, there weren't as many families with young kids as I would have expected, but I anticipate this weekend there being more. We'll get because, a comfort again, level. It's so fresh. Yeah, I think word spreads too because we exceeded the CDC requirements. Right. We wanted to be a place that people knew, wow, I can go here. And well, Leslie, well, Jimmy, I felt the fear fade as the service continued. I'm sure yeah. that's right. Started out like, Ooh, and then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were excited. Yes. So, how many locations did you open? All but two. Okay. And then you're expecting to have more engagement this coming Sunday? We are, Leslie. We only had one issue. There was a lady who is a nurse, and she came to one of our campuses, and she saw the signs and everything. I think she said she works with COVID patients or something, and then we had a staff member. It ended up being Greg, didn't it? Why see with her or not? It did. Very emotional. Our Frisco location Saturday night. That's your new location. Exactly. And as she walked up, she saw the signs, which list the COVID symptoms and so forth and all those kind of things and CDC stuff. And thankfully she was, hey, I work with patients. And so we had a female staff member there who said, thank you so much for all you're doing. You're fighting the virus on the front lines and just affirmed her every way possible, but then encouraged her to join us online. And it was emotional. The lady was a first time guest and she wanted to gather with God's people. And so she was in tears. You know, the Bible says, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. And this young lady on our team wept with her 
and encouraged her. Of course, we gave her our first time guest gift bag and all those things. But then she's been following up with her this week, having conversations with her, encouraging her. And of course, at the appropriate time, we look forward to having her back with us. But it's interesting that here's someone on the front lines recognizing how important, again, in-person worship is. And that makes a great point, John, because I think no matter when we reopen or how we do it, for the foreseeable future, we're necessarily going to exclude a segment of people that would normally be here that we would want to come because they're a vulnerable population or because they're exposed. That is something to keep in mind. I really appreciate you making that point. Hey guys, it means so much to us that you'd be willing to share this time with us on Church for the Rest of Us. I so appreciate it. Now, John, before we go, I'd like for you to tell the folks where they can go to your website and how they can connect with C3 Global if they like. Absolutely. It's my, M-Y-C, the number three, my c 3 globalcom And if they'll look at the web chat replays, we have the webinar that Pastor Ed and Lisa led this past Monday, where we celebrated and critiqued this past weekend There are a number of resources there available, everything from a checklist before you reopen that we went through here at Fellowship Church. There's also video footage that was made showing how we did things in the parking lot, how it was when people walked in. There's video footage of the worship center with the host leading people to their seats. So there's all those materials as well as verbiage that we shared with our volunteers, how to talk, how to share. Again, we just want to resource the church. That's again, Pastor Ed and Lisa's vision. So that's all there and it's free. All they got to do, myc3global.com. And any way we can serve them, obviously just email me, john.cross at fellowshipchurch.com. And I'd be honored to serve and to help every way possible. And something else too, Jimmy, speaking of fear, Pastor Ed has a brand new book coming out. I was just going to bring that up. I know you're afraid I'm not going to bring it up, but I was. Hey, John, thank you for all those resources, too. I just want to know, it's a treasure trove of actual resources, and whether everybody uses all of it or whatever, all of our listeners would do well if you're thinking about reopening to at least go take a look. There's so many things that you will learn that you haven't thought of yet, or maybe you haven't, it'll affirm it. Even if you feel like, hey, our church is a lot different than fellowship, who cares? You can learn from everybody. You ought to go on there, check it out. It's free. So, John, thank you. And Ed, you do have this book, which seizing on the moment and being relevant, the book is titled Fear Virus. Is that correct? It is. A lady that helps me with some of my books called me several weeks ago and said, can you write a book on fear in a couple of weeks? And I said, yeah, because I've done some <laughs> I can do it a couple of weeks. <laughs> well, but I've done some lecturing and I did it years ago on fear, but this is totally different. I used a few of those things from it. I've given this to our different churches and things, so I'm not making one penny off of it. I'm not going to do that, but I do want people if they feel so inclined to get the book when it comes out. I think the digital version will be available already next week. And then I just finished the audio portion about 30 minutes ago before this. It's called The Fear Virus. And I'm just talking about facing fear because that is the predominant emotion issue that we're all facing. And take it, use it to write the book. I got information from all different sources. So you can use it, preach it. I know you'll make it a lot better than what it is, but I'm really happy about it. Hey, Ed, thanks so much for coming on and John as well. And I'll tell you some things to our listeners that I love about Fellowship Church and what they do. They're completely transparent. They share with you what they're doing and what they're learning. They're generous. They'll give you everything that they have and they don't charge you for it. They are enthusiastic about seeing people come to Christ. They're entrepreneurial in how they present the gospel and how they do ministry. 
And so you would do well to learn everything you can from Fellowship Church. And so Pastor John, Pastor Ed, Leslie, thanks for joining us today on Church for the Rest of Us. Check us out. Email us, follow us on social media. We'd love to connect with you because we care about your church. We believe that you can share the gospel with people in your area with the resources you have at your church right now. So don't wait. You can do it, but we're glad to help. This is Jimmy Scroggins, Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or Check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins, and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.